Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails, episode 10. Today is Sunday, May 9th. The Giants went 3-3 three and three this week against the Rockies and the Padres again. Deja vu. Seems like those are the only teams we've been playing. They went, uh, so now their record is 20-14. and 14. They are still in first place in the National League West, ahead of the Padres by a game and a half. Um, oh yeah, I'm your host, Ben Henry, along with my co-host, Matthew Henry and brother. How you doing, Matthew? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Hey, 10 episodes already? Like, we're veterans. Oh yeah. Yeah, we're old hat now. Yeah. This is well, easy. Well, you know, it's funny you say 10, because I remember reading when we were researching, you know, like, you know, how to do a podcast and, you know, reading the books and, you know, all that. Yeah. I was, uh, I, I came across a stat that said two thirds of all podcasts out there have less than 10 episodes. And so people do them and then they just <laughs> abandon them because they realize how hard it is. And uh, we have we have now made it to the upper third of all podcasts. So congratulations, man. How are you feeling well, about that? I'm feeling pretty good about it. Congratulations to you, too. I, I think the reason that we've been able to get here is because of our delusions of grandeur. Yes. Combined I, with I, alcohol. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I mean, on the one hand, what we do is we meet weekly to drink alcohol and talk about baseball. So it's not that hard. I think there's lots and lots of people across the country doing exactly what we're doing. They're just not recording themselves doing it, probably uh, to their benefit. You know, so I think that makes it easier for us to record all of our episodes. Uh, but, you know, I, I think um, I think still I think it's it's a good accomplishment. It's it's something that, uh, you know, we set out to do and, and we did it. And uh, yeah, I think we should be proud of ourselves. Ten episodes. Cool. And, and it seems like ten episodes means that people actually start listening to you because this week we saw an uptick in people who are actually listening to our podcast. So hi, listeners. That's right. Or listener. No, we definitely have more than one. We definitely have more than one. That's right. That's true. That's we true. even have an international listener. So. We do. We do have an international listener in in uh, in Italy. I, Italy, yeah. I don't know yeah. how to say hello in in Italian. Uh, buongiorno. That's buongiorno. Okay. I don't, so? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Hola. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I'm guessing since they're listening to our podcast, they probably speak English. So. Lord hopes they do. So, yes. so hi. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, please listen again after this episode. That's right. uh, okay. Well, yeah. speaking of the podcast, so the big part about it is we like to do is talk about our our drinks. So I mustache you. Ben, what are you drinking? <laughs> well, I, I guess the secret is out. Well, you know, I'm actually still in the middle of making my cocktail, which is actually called the mustache. And it involves um, beer, which is which I'm pouring currently into my into my pint glass. And then, and then after that, it, it gets topped off with another another thing. But it's going to take me a while to do that. So there I am, innocently watching a baseball game this weekend, 
And I'm excited to see that one Mr. Mike Yastrzemski is back with the team after coming off the IL. And I see him appear on the screen and suddenly I just yell out, mustache! Because Mike is sporting a really not good mustache. <laughs> I mean, this is this is prime late seventies, early eighties. Like you know, uh, he's he's in the film business kind of mustache. Yes, you know wearing what I mean. A, wearing a police uniform. Yeah, exactly, and uh, that he got from the local rental shop. And um, not to mention, he also has the flavor saver going on underneath. That's true. He does. He does. He's rocking that uh, the flavor saver, also known as the the, the soul patch. I've heard, but That's but I think it's only called the soul patch if you don't have the the stash. Mustache. So maybe it's a flavor. Sa- I don't know. I'm not really I'm not really up on all of that. The mustache lingo. Um, but then I thought, oh God, what is going on here? Why is he doing that? And then, and then I catch sight of austin slater also rocking one of these (laughs) horrible stashes and you know austin slater's mustache looks like it's mike yastrzemski's mustache's little brother (laughs) and you know it it um they're they're not good they're not good (laughs) Uh, but the point is is that they're doing this thing called that they're calling mustache may and I, I, I think it's some sort of like rally inspiring event that, that actually had occurred earlier in their careers when they were both with the Giants and the minor leagues. I guess there was a guy who grew a mustache, declared that it was Mustache May, and then he went off. And so Mike Yastrzemski was trying to bring that back and Austin Slater was on board. Okay, so what does all of that have to do with my cocktail? Well, my cocktail is called the mustache. Now, I've seen this cocktail actually go by a different name more commonly. I think I only found one article that actually called this the mustache. But I like that name a lot better, first of all, than the other name, just in general, because the other name was called the manly mimosa. And I don't know why we have to bring gender identity into cocktails. There's no such thing as a manly. All drinks are manly. All drinks are womanly. All cocktails, cocktails don't care about your gender. That's right. And so it just doesn't matter. But this is, so, so anyway, this cocktail is, is interesting. It, it is a brunch cocktail. And it, what it is, is a, an ounce of vodka, because you got to start strong, uh, followed by a, an ounce of orange liqueur. I'm using Cointreau, of course, because what else would I use? And then you follow that with six ounces of a wheat beer. And then you add in an ounce of orange juice. And to top it all off, you put two ounces of champagne on top of that. So So this is a high-octane cocktail. This is a high-octane cocktail, indeed. And I I think, if we all remember the French 75 episode, yeah, I think we're in for another episode nice. like that. So you're going to have to scrape me off the uh, the keyboard <laughs> when this one's all over. So I thank you for that ahead of time. So, But, but hang on one moment, because I do have to do one more thing here. All right. Very oh, nice. Dear. Oh, oh, oh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
You know, it never does that to me when I open it in the kitchen. Nope. But on your carpet. In your... Yeah, but on my carpet. A little bit of overflow. But that's okay. Well, hang on one second. You know, that's actually not a bad cocktail. The one thing I do want to say, though, is I'm not using straight orange juice. I'm using um, the orange juice of a blood orange. All right. Well, the orange juice going in there, you're right. Blood orange juice is, boy, that's a dark red. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was, you know, I made this once before with, uh, um... <laughs> oh, it has a head on it now. <laughs> For those of you listening at home, we we just added the orange juice, and it very nearly overflowed the cup. But, oh, no, there it is. Yeah, I made this with regular orange juice, and the color was fine. But I thought, you know, it needs a little sparkle. It needs something a little... A little. So I thought I would just go with blood orange juice, because I did have some blood oranges, as you do. As you do, right? And you're garnishing it with a sliced blood orange. That is quite nice. Yeah. So there you go. So, um, and actually, this is a quite, uh, I'm surprised. This is a good cocktail. Like, I, I didn't expect it to be. I thought this was going to be awful. This but you know, when a, you think of A gimmick cocktail just to yeah. take advantage of mustache may. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's kind of like a shandy with the beer and the orange juice, right? Shandy's usually made with a lemonade, but you know, it's not too crazy. You're not too far off the beaten path there with the with the orange juice, it's sort of like an orange shandy. And then it's crossed over with the screwdriver. And you know, <clears throat> I, those, it, it, and then you add a little bit of orange liqueur on top of that, which just doesn't, I mean, nobody's fighting against each other with the flavor profiles in this cocktail. This is not a disgusting concoction. I will tell you, though, it is a little bit over the top when it comes to the alcohols, because there are four different alcohols in this. Uh, and it's like filled to the brim with alcohol. Yeah, I mean, it's almost filling a pint glass here. It's a little excessive. So, you know, I, I, I don't think I think in that regard, this is a showy sort of like gimmicky cocktail. But actually, I think that goes along well with the... Um, what inspired this cocktail, which are the mustaches of Mike Yastrzemski and Austin Slater, because those mustaches are gimmicky. And they are, uh, I mean, I hope they keep them through all of May and they continue to, to <laughs> amuse us with them. Uh, but let's face it, they, they are not, um, these are not stylish mustaches. And, and I must say, this cocktail is a little bit over the top in terms of, you know, its alcohol content. Uh, and I think maybe the champagne doesn't need to be there. Probably the vodka doesn't need to be there. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, not a horrible cocktail. And I got to take a picture of it now because it is quite pretty with the... Um, it is nice. Well, and so, as far as mustaches, though, I think that uh, I hope that they wear them all month. And I hope that they work. Like, I hope that Nostromsky starts hitting the crap out of the ball. Uh, he, he, he played, he hit, well, he hit hard today, so we'll see. But uh, uh, that's what I'm hoping, because that was the full intent of Mustache May, was to get these guys, their bats going. And somehow, mustaches equals offense. And I'm all for it. So let's go. I agree. I agree. Let's hope this this hopes that uh, the mustaches as work as well as this cocktail is going to work on me. Uh, and um, 
while I'm still sober, Matthew, I, I'll have to ask you, what are you drinking? Today happens to be Mother's Day. And so happy Mother's Day or belated Mother's Day to all of you who are out there. I hope you had a great Mother's Day. Uh, my wife has been asking. Hey, we got to pause this show. I got to go do something. I'll be right back. <laughs> all right. Go take care of it. All right. Ben is back and uh, presumably um, you know, ran out to 7-Eleven and got something for his wife. So good for you. <laughs> I remembered Mother's Day for her. <laughs> all right uh so because it's mother's day my wife has been asking uh you know when i was gonna make a cocktail that she might enjoy and uh, she's not a, a big drinker but she likes the, the fruity you know, uh tropical drinks and so today in honor of my my wife the mother of my children i have made a pina colada and uh this one i experimented with i used i've, I've done it in the past just using regular cream of coconut and this time i used cocoa cream which is very sweet as i'm tasting this uh this drink i'm sure my wife loves it it is a little overboard for me i did also use uh i used two types of rum i used a dark rum and then i used just because i felt like it might go well was i used the uh coconut rum that i had uh in the cabinet which i hadn't used in a while and so i think all that together it, it is one coconutty pino colada uh very sweet um but you know what today was a really warm day i'm currently sitting in my closet so a nice cold pino colada is actually feeling quite nice right now so that is what i am drinking happy mother's day to my wife and to uh all mothers out there and uh you know so cheers to to all the moms cheers moms uh, happy Mother's Day. And um, I, I think a pina colada is the perfect moment to use your, your coconut flavored rum. Uh, I don't know when else you would use your coconut flavored rum. Uh, that's probably I've, why I have it. I don't even remember buying it. But I, yeah, uh, you know, for a split that. second there, I thought you were going to say you put cocoa crisps in there or something like Coke, like, you know, and I was I, Almond Joys. And, yeah, uh, I was like, I was like, after the after the lemon curd fiasco, I was just like, I, I you know, I was gonna be like, of course you did. Of course you did. Um, <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, you got to get those. You're like, hey, that's a great idea. I'll be right back. <laughs> But this cocktail needs some crunchy chocolate. <laughs> All right, we're gonna segue here. Yeah, okay. uh, I'm, I'm because it's probably time to start talking baseball and Good transition. Yeah, and and you know I'm glad that you have a really stiff drink because this was kind of a rough week, and I I've sensed through our texts back and forth that something may be bothering you, Ben, after today. So, what is bugging you? Oh, nothing. I'm fine. Okay, well then that's <laughs> I'm I'm fine. There's nothing wrong. I don't know what you're talking about. Just You know, know what the, okay, okay, okay. Look, again, there's one thing. There's one thing that's bothering me. I figured there would be. Well, okay, okay. I guess technically it's two things. Because you know what? I was I, I there was something bothering me that I really wanted to talk about today. I'm I was I'm actually pretty I'm pretty annoyed by it. And, and that's the fact that whenever you go look at all the pundits' rankings of teams in Major League Baseball, they all have the Giants ranked like 8th, ninth, 10th, 12th. You know, this is a team that has been trading with three or four other teams, the best record in baseball. They have the best starting rotation in baseball. They have an outstanding defense. Their run differential 
was 37 runs or something close to that. And, you know, I was getting pretty ticked off about how everybody was just sort of dismissing the Giants and kept ranking both the Dodgers and the Padres ahead of them, despite the fact that the Giants have a better record than both of those teams and, in fact, have beaten one of those teams so far in their season series five games to four. And the Padres aren't going to be able to make good on that until September because they don't face the Giants again. The Giants and Padres have played each other nine times in the last in, in the first five or six weeks of the season. And the Giants have won that series five to four. And yet the Padres are supposed to be the second best team in baseball. And the Giants are a bunch of old men who are going to all fall over and collapse at any second now. That is what I was going to rant about. Until today, Matthew, when the Giants went out and got their rear ends handed to them by the Padres in a final of 11 to 1, in one of the most just disheartening losses I have seen this team play, well, definitely this year, and in a long time, because... Though, yes, the opening day gut punch was painful, but at least that was a great performance that was snatched away by just one segment of the team. Today, the Giants just looked anemic, although they did make some great defensive plays. I, that was a really nice diving catch. Um, it was Duggar, right? Yeah. Uh, that was a really awesome catch, and, and, it, and it's for the moment, saved the team from getting totally blown out. So really, without that diving catch, the Giants should have lost 15 to 1. But anyway, you know, it's really hard to go talk about this team and how great they are after they lay an egg like that. And, and, and not just that, Matthew, not just the fact that they got blown out. You know, I mean, Johnny Cueto had a bad game. It was his first game off of the IL. He hadn't pitched in 24 days. He missed a bunch of starts, and he, was, he, he wasn't... He wasn't spotting his his slider very well, and and guys were connecting, and, and you know it wasn't going where he wanted it to, and they were hammering it, and and whatever. Okay, fine. A guy has a bad day, but on top of that, then Alvarez comes out, and you know Whistler and uh, who was it? Uh, who was it that pitched after Whistler today? Garcia, Harlan Garcia came off the IL, and they kept the Giants close. You know, these are these are two guys that hadn't been, you know, hadn't put up necessarily the best performances in the season. And I know Whistler is still trying to drive down that that ERA after you know two bad blips, one at the beginning of the season and one a few, you know, maybe a, ten days ago. And they had great outings. And then here comes Alvarez. He gets two players on. He gets a double play ball hit back to him, and he airmails it out into center field. And what annoys me about is now those runs, or at least one of those runs, is unearned for his own error. And I'm just, it just, it was just ridiculously poorly played baseball. I mean, this was a game where Logan Webb pinch hit in, what, the fifth inning? And Darren Ruff was pitching in the ninth inning? How does that happen? How does that happen in a regular nine-inning game? Like, what is going on? Like, I, I just... That whole game was just a misery to watch. And I, the only reason I couldn't take my eyes away because it was like watching a train wreck happen. And, 
it just exemplified, I think, so many of the things that I worry about when I look at this team. You know, questionable substitutions during the game, um, a really bad bullpen, questionable choices about who to put out there and who to pitch. We have nine relievers. Only three of them appeared in today's game. Why couldn't you have another reliever pitch for Darren Ruff in the ninth inning instead of just saying, we give up? And... You know, I I get it. Like, nobody comes back from an eight-run deficit in the ninth inning, and so you're doing a little bit to save an arm, but the whole thing was just really unsavory. And, you know, it it, it just, it was another really bad game in a very short period of time that just looked poorly executed, poorly managed, and poorly played. I, you know, it brought, it, it made me flash back to game two of the doubleheader against the Rockies when the bullpen had yet another meltdown to the worst team in the National League because congratulations, Colorado Rockies, the Detroit Tigers are worse than you. And, you know, that was a game that they should have won. They ended up losing that series overall because of that loss. And then, you know, come in and have an opportunity to sweep the Padres and really make a definitive statement. And yes, I know it's only one game, but man, it was brutal. It was a brutal game to watch. And I don't know who's to blame or why for all of these weird things that happened. Maybe it's nobody, but at the same time, I'm bugged by it, man. You know, I mean, I wanted to talk about how great the Giants were, and it's really hard to talk about how great they are when something like that happens. And their run differential got really screwed up, so I can't even go talk about how awesome that is to all of those pundits out there who are all like, run differential is really the most important indicator of whether or not your team is good. So that, Matthew, that's what's bothering me. But here's good news. The good news is, Matthew... I'm a happy drunk, and I get to drink the rest of my mustache now. <laughs> well, I've got more good news for you. Today we learned that the first pitcher to pinch hit is no longer Dace Clefani. It's Logan Webb. So that is something to be excited about because... You know, because you, we're going to see a lot of that this season? Apparently. <laughs> It happens so often that we Disclefani has pinch hit in the middle of games twice yeah, so far. Yeah, and then yeah. after Webb had his like huge triple, you know, a couple weeks ago, we were like, man, Webb should yeah. be the first. If, he, if if Kapler wants to pinch hit a pitcher, why is it not Webb? So right. today I was like, all right, Kapler's listening to us. Oh, that's not what we want, though. We don't, you know. And then, and then I'm thinking, bright side, you know, bright side, maybe Ruff could help the bullpen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't checked, but his ERA might be lower than Whistler's. I'm, I'm just, you know. Uh... Uh, there have been a lot of outings by Giants relievers this year that were worse than what Darren Ruff did today. A lot. <laughs> yes, yes, and you know, those are some maybe good news. Uh, no, I'm just playing. I, I agree with you. I think that uh, today. Uh, you know, prior to today's, uh, you know, we were like, oh, maybe we could sweep the Padres. How great would that be to talk about sweeping them? I had all these great stats about how, you know, the Giants uh, going into yesterday. If you look at the last month, uh, you know, our offense has actually been 
you know, one of the better offenses in the National League. Uh, we're we're first in on-base percentage. We're first in expected weighted runs created. You know, there was some great things going on with the offense, and, and the Padres are like 14th in the National League in those categories. And so, you know, to bolster our point that the Padres, you know, keep being rated above the, the Giants, and yet all the— The Padres are not a better team than the San Francisco Giants no, right now. They're, they they're are not. not. They are not a better team than the San Francisco Giants. They have played nine games against each other. The Giants have won five of them. And, you know, they are just not a better team. Yes, the Giants have some significant problems in the bullpen, but that withstanding, right? The Padres played nine games where they could have gone after that bullpen and they were only able to win four games. The San Diego Padres right now are not a better team than the San Francisco Giants. They are not. And it's just super, super frustrating to continue to see people dismiss this team and and continue to talk about the Padres like the Padres have proven something, which they haven't. So, yeah, I mean, I you know, and like you, I had a lot of great stats, too. I had a lot of great stats. You know, Wilmer Flores leads the Giants with two errors. And the Giants as a team have made 10 errors, even counting Alvarez's error today that I that so upset me. They've committed 10 errors. Fernando Tatis, superstar, greatest baseball player on the planet, killer Padre, has 11. And he missed 10 days. That's how good the Padres are. So, you know, but but then it's it's really hard to go make these points when your team goes and lays an egg like they did today. <sighs> well, yeah. And I and I don't know if we can solve that uh, other than to keep playing well uh you know the next test of course is the dodgers who we see you know a few times uh this month uh but well mike austin and i are all doing our best with our mustaches that's right so Mm -hmm. maybe the mustaches will will help but speaking of the dodgers at least we're not them right I mean, you know, we're sitting here like, oh, God, the sky is falling because we laid an egg today. Uh, yet we're, you know, we're five and five in the last 10 games. So not great, but better than two and eight in the last 10 games. <laughs> like, I don't even yeah. know. When was the last time the Dodgers won a series? I think they tied a series in a mid-April. I think it was around April 18th. Was it was, I think the series ended April 18th and they won that series because they were the one when they won the first two games and since the 18th of April they've been really really bad we don't talk about the Dodgers very much on this show for obvious reasons one we haven't played them much but two they're the Dodgers but I think this is the perfect time to bring them up because yes Matthew they have been really really bad over the last uh wow since mid-April and they were world beaters before that. Uh, you know, I mean, they were crushing teams like the Colorado Rockies. <laughs> uh, I mean, they, they did play the A's early on, and the A's are clearly a very good team, and they, they did, you know, run roughshod over them, but everybody was running roughshod over the A's in the first opening couple of series. And uh, But since then, yeah, since then, the Dodgers have been really, really struggling, really mostly on offense. 
they have just not been able to to string anything together. They've had a few blips here and there, but even those have been questionable. I was watching the game, uh, what was it, yesterday, uh, the game where they scored 13, they went up ahead by 13 runs against the Angels and then barely hung on to win it 14 to 11. They had like eight or nine hits at one point in that game where none of them were over 80 miles an hour in exit velocity. So it's not like they were trashing the ball and letting all their aggression out as they were scoring all these runs. It was just really, it was a bizarre game. It was a bizarre game. The third baseman whacked Mookie Betts in the um, unmentionables um, early on in the game. And then after that, the game just went really weird. But it was really interesting to watch the the Dodgers broadcast team, especially Oral Hershiser, talk about what was happening as the Angels were were making their comeback. And they were up by, I think, at one point, seven runs, and the announcers sounded like it was doomsday. They are so shell-shocked right now. That entire organization, they're just used to losing right now. And and I got to say, I really enjoyed watching it. Uh, Oral Hershiser at one point said, if they hit a home run here, now they'll only be down by a grand slam. And it was one of the strangest things to say because it meant they were up by like seven runs at the time and they were scared. Uh, so, so yeah, it could be worse. You could be a Dodger fan right now. Uh, and, and, um, you know, so, so yeah, but at the same time, it's like, you know, everybody still thinks the Dodgers are the best team on the planet. Everybody still thinks they're better than the Padres, and the Padres are better than the Giants, and it's just it's just frustrating. It's frustrating. Well, it is frustrating, but I think that that's where, no matter what people say in the offseason, I mean, you still have to play the games. And, and these are professional baseball players, and, you know, the Giants have put together a competitive team. They've done it without superstars. And so that's, yeah. you know, as, you know the, the Giants were put, they're trying to make a competitive team while they rebuild. And they're right. doing it with, with, you know, scrap heaps from other teams. They're, you know, guys that show a little glimpse against the left-hander or might be a good matchup against right-handers. And they're, they're putting together a team. And right now it's working. And I think that the media has a hard time with that because they, they, they look at this and say, you know, that there's, well, they don't have someone, you know, that, you know, like Machado or Tatis or anything like that. Although we have Buster Posey, who's now, you know, vintage Buster Posey uh, revisited. And so, you know, but nobody saw that and nobody wants to acknowledge that we've got that. And, you know, although it was interesting, I saw, I think it was on Bleacher Report, this, there was an article about, it was projecting the way too early all-star teams, right? It was, uh, Mm -hmm. and, and actually four giants made the all-star team and they were that was the most out of any team in the National League, and they put uh, they put Longoria and Posey as the starting third baseman and catcher, and then they had Gausman and DeSclafani uh, also represented on uh, on the All Star team. And so I think in that respect, that's exactly what's driving us right now, right? And I think that that was at least a little bit of respect that we haven't seen. But I think overall, yeah, our rankings you know don't seem to match up with the play, and it'll be you know I'm I want people to start noticing that the Giants are are a team to beat and you know they're not just an also ran you know yeah i mean i think you're right i think the main thing is they don't they don't have that young superstar they don't have the young and exciting or they didn't sign the big off free agent and so it it is difficult to to find the easy story here and say like this is you know and build the hype machine around it i mean maybe we need to build a hype machine around camilo i know his era is not so good right now uh but, you know, he's young and he throws 100 miles an hour. And, um, you know, 
he's like our sixth best reliever. <laughs> I, you know, I, 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 I don't know, but uh, you know, it, it is, I, I think you're right. I think it's exactly that. They just don't have the young superstar and that makes them uh, a not interesting story to, you know, at least, and, and, and you're also right that nobody saw this coming and, and nobody really wants to come out and say, you know, um, this is a great and exciting story because there's really, you know, it's a bunch of older guys, also Rands or guys that we've seen before. And Buster Posey is an exciting story, but he's not as exciting as somebody like Fernando Tatis or, you know, um, uh, like Acuna from the Braves or, or somebody like that. Right. And mm-hmm. so I do think that, yeah, you're probably right. That's probably what's, what's causing it to happen. But I just think it means that a lot of people are really missing um, an exciting and interesting baseball team playing good baseball right now, and nobody's hearing about it except local Giants fans, and and that's kind of a bummer because this team is really a lot of fun, and it's a lot of fun to watch play, and and they're playing some really good ball, and they are really deep, right? You know, they really are deep, and you know, like, and and I think we as fans should consider ourselves very very lucky that we got such a fun and exciting and competitive team for relatively low cost and and we have we're still building up a great foundation and uh and hopefully this just is the beginning of a lot of successful years to come yeah of course they still got to do it this year but yeah no you're trying to build for the long haul for sure i i think most fans don't care about the money part right i mean they they just you know they want a competitive team and and in many you know and many fans eyes that 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 means a superstar that you know you go out and spend a big on the free agents but you know one free agent doesn't make uh, a competitive team and so i think i think we're doing it smart you know we want to build our you know build around it and then when the time is right then you spend the money on a big free agent that might be that final piece uh, or the cornerstone and yeah. you know a young guy that can be here for a while and uh, but right now we're I think you know we're doing great with you know coaching and and picking you know players that meet a certain need and you know we're doing a great job and that depth that you talked about is is it's what's keeping us afloat because we've had some injuries you know we have guys that are kind of circling through the il and yet you know our offense uh is is actually getting better i mean you know even with yastrzemski out we were scoring runs uh dickerson's missing some time solano you know has missed a lot of time and yet we you know we're still you know scoring runs and so you know outside of today but i think you know that's uh indicative of how deep our team is and you know with if the pitching can be, you know, the pitching's not going to be as great as it's been all year, but I think they've proven that they are a very serviceable starting rotation. Uh, it's just that bullpen. And uh, so the bullpen is something that, you know, I think is, is going to be difficult, I think, for them to fix, you know, because what we've seen so far is that they're trying to avoid making cuts on their 40 man. So, you know, in order to bring up anybody that's at the alternate training site or in AAA, you know, that aren't, isn't on the 40 man, they've got to make some tough decisions. And I think they're really reluctant to do that. And so at this point, it's like, OK, well, let's you know, I know everyone's been talking about Kervin Castro, uh, young guy. He's, you know, in the same mold of, you know, uh, of of uh, of of see, I'm forgetting his name again. Uh Camilo? Same old as Camilo. <laughs> you got to tattoo that on your hand, man. I do. I do. And Gregory Santos. I mean, you know, young guy that has a lot of potential that they put on the 40 man to protect from the rule five draft. Uh, yeah, but... but can he pinch it? Can he pinch it? That's what Gabe Kapler really wants to know. Can he hit? Uh, sure. All right, how's uh... his, how's his base running? <laughs> can he play right field in the fourth inning if I need him to? 
I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's a professional baseball player. Why not? <laughs> you know, he's, probably, if, he's probably got a good arm from right field, I that's bet. That's right. And I think he could do it better than Jose Alvarez. And, you know, and so, you know, and Jose Alvarez, uh, you know, they hadn't used him in a while. And then he comes in today and, you know, has an awful you know, game today. And at some point, I know he's, you know, if you cut him, you know, you're, you're saying goodbye to, you know, a million bucks on his salary and all that sort of stuff. But who cares? At this point, you know, he you has obviously a- are reluctant to use him whenever you do. Yeah. And then when you do, he shows you why you're reluctant to do it. Yeah, one's got to wonder, why is this guy still on the team? I mean, I'm sure he's a fine fellow. And, uh, you know, but yeah, you're right. You know, he's guaranteed a million dollars at the end of the day, whatever. Uh, I Yes. Like, why? Why? Yeah. Why? I mean, and, and we've got guys that, you know, that pitched well in the spring. I mean, James Scherfe, uh, you know, then there was uh, you're getting Nick Tropiano even, you know, um, you know, there's a guys that pitched well in the spring that, you know, let's give them a shot because you've got a team that's contending and your bullpen is the problem and you can't just sit here and hope that everybody figures things out uh, because at some point, you know, I mean, they've already cost us games and games that we may not be able they to. They have the most forward. blown saves. Oh, I think they have the second most blown saves in Major League Baseball. They have one of the worst, if I think also the second worst bullpen ERA in Major League Baseball. We should probably confirm that. But they are really, really bad. The Giants' bullpen is really, really bad. And that's including Tyler Rogers, you know, and Jake McGee, who, whose, whose stats are starting to not look so great, but I think has only really had only two questionable outings. Um, but one has to wonder if those questionable outings he's had is due to how much he pitched so early on. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy is in his mid to late 30s and he pitched a ton of games and then you saw a fall off. So, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe people are just figuring him out. Maybe he's just having a hard time or or maybe he's tired. I don't know. Seems all of those seem just as likely. So looking ahead, I think that there's you know, there's a few things that they'll you know, they're going to have to do. And well, and one of them, I think, is there, you know, at some point, Tyler Beatty's coming back. So Tyler Beatty, I know, started to actually pitch again. That's right. Uh, no, he's, he pitched in a game. He only threw 17 pitches, but he struck out two and walked one. So it sounded like a fairly decent outing and, and came out of it feeling good. So that's a good sign. It is a good sign. And I think that, you know, once you start having things like, you know, like if Tyler Beatty comes into the rotation, then that pushes someone. Well, certainly Logan Webb would get moved into the bull, you know, bullpen. We already knew that was going to happen uh, before. Right now, they're playing musical IL with all the starting pitchers, and Webb seems to be the stopgap for all that. But you know, I think that you know, so there's that. Um, but I think you know, there's also, I mean, there's they have guys on there, you know, at AAA or at their alternative training site that can help the team. And I think they're going to have to bite the bullet and make some 40-man roster moves. Uh, and, you know, and I think that, that what's complicating things for them is that this wasn't in the plan, right? The plan was that they were going to be competitive. And, you know, the bullpen was, you know, had some experienced guys that would get them through. Uh, but no one was really expecting to be, you know, leading the National League West uh, with the Dodgers and the Padres or, you know, playing, you know, what everybody expected. And so now we are. And, you know, I think that they can't just ignore that. I can't, I, you know, there's got to be some moves that have to be made, whether it's, I don't think it's going to be through trade at first. Um, but at the same time, you can't just stand pat with what we've got. 
You're correct. You're correct. I'm sorry, but I was just looking up how many blown saves the, the Giants have, and I got to see they are tied for second worst in the National League with the Phillies with nine. So the Phillies and the Giants have each blown, have nine blown saves. The Los Angeles Dodgers leave all of baseball with 12. See, there's just, you know, I mean, there's a silver lining in everything, Matthew. Yeah. You know, there's a silver lining in everything. You know. I'm take a sip of my pina colada, <laughs> you know. Huh? Uh, okay. You know, I mean, I, I, it's not good. Nine and blown saves is not good. It doesn't change the fact that the Giants' bullpen is bad. <sighs> but it's nice to know that you've got company. You know, you know what I mean? Especially when it's the dog. Especially when it's that company. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, and, and and the good news is, the good news is that, yeah, if the Giants want to stay competitive in the race for the division, which they are in, whether or not the rest of the world wants to believe it, then then things like this are a good sign because, you know, yeah, the Padres are, I'm sorry, the Dodgers are struggling. And and they right now, I mean, I think they look like a worse baseball team than either the Padres or or the Giants. So you know, I don't think you're going to be able to keep that offense down. But you know, their bullpen looks like it's really really struggling, and I think it demonstrated that in that game that we were talking about the other day. So, um, and and you know, I know that it's you, you made a comment about superstars, and you know, one superstar is not going to make a difference. And and I did want to casually mention that a team that has demonstrated that is the uh, another team that I was watching, the Los Angeles Angels. Yes, you're right. Having one superstar on your team at a time does not make you a competitive baseball team, as uh, as the Angels have demonstrated. You know, having uh, and uh, they have officially moved on from one of their ex stars, uh, DFAing one of the all time great baseball players. I don't know what happened there. That 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 just seems really strange to me. Um, rumor has it that Pujols wasn't ready to accept that he was done, and so that's why the Angels couldn't do something a little more graceful than what they did. Or they're just a weird organization. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, and then Mike Trout, you know, I mean, Mike Trout's still got some good years in him, it seems like, but, you know, he definitely seems like he's on his, you know, he's on the back half of his career, and they bring in uh, Shohei Otani, and, um, and they still stink. <laughs> So yeah, one having one superstar that everybody in the world wants to talk about does not make you a competitive team. Winning baseball games makes you a competitive team, I guess. But Who would have um, yes, but I but but as you I totally agree. I mean, I think there are a lot of things that they can do to improve this bullpen and I think they should start doing it. You know, I I don't what's the hesitation here, especially when it comes to guys what we're talking about, like Alvarez and people like Trapiano. Why are you not trying them out? And and why are you sticking with somebody like that for so long um, when it seems like a relatively... I mean, yes, you're going to lose your rights to Alvarez permanently if you DFA him, that most likely... Uh, you did sign him to a fairly sizable amount of money, but it, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not a huge amount of money, at least in relation to baseball contracts. And and the guy's not contributing. And of course, no, he's not the only guy not contributing, but you know, I, I think he's the guy that's not contributing the most, and he doesn't have 
you know, he doesn't, he's not a young guy, you don't really see him as part of your future. So, I mean, you know, maybe it's time to move on, you know, and um, quite frankly, after today, you know, I, I think it's, it's really hard to say, you know, why, why aren't you trying somebody else? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, there's, you know, looking to looking at their 40 man right now. I mean, they, you know, in the past they used to have guys, you know, they, they got rid of sky bolt so they could bring up, I think Sam Selman. Yeah. And you know, that was kind of their last gimme on the 40 man. And now the decisions get really tough. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and so, you know, I'm looking at like Lamont Wade jr. You know, who's been on the IL for a while, um, you know, and the the 10 10 day IL he's been on there for almost a month. And so, uh, you know, is there, you know, he seems like now they have Talkman and, 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 you know, Duggar and Slater are both starting to heat up and, you know, is Lamont Wade a, uh, you know, someone they don't need anymore. And, you know, so he might be, and could you get something for him? Could you package him and get, you know, someone that work a little Farhan Zaidi magic and find someone that maybe is underrated on another team to help the bullpen? I don't know, but uh, at the very least, I'm like, hey, just cut Jose Alvarez and fill his spot with somebody. I, you know, I think that, you know, that something's got to give. And so anyway, the bullpen has been a long frustration since day one, literally. Uh, and, and they just got to figure it out. But now I'm looking ahead to this week. And, and I'm, I'm liking, you know, we got the two games against the Rangers. It's always weird playing a National League team. I think we have the advantage, though, because, you know, now an they're American all, League team. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, an American League team uh, coming in to play National League rules. So there's a little bit of an advantage there. And, and there are 500 teams, so haven't been really, you know, scared. They're a little bit hot. Uh, they, they and, and they have, I mean, the Mariners are kind of coming back down to earth. Um, and, uh, but, um, but they've been, they've been hot. Uh, so, so I, you know, but without a DH, you know, maybe that neutralizes that, you know, I think, um, so, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. The giants have to be a better team than the Texas Rangers and they should win both of those games. Unfortunately, you know, a two game series is always weird because, you know, I mean, it's, you know, every game, obviously every baseball game is, is somewhat of a, of a roll of the dice, but, but at the same time, they're better than the Rangers, they, I mean, they have to be better than the Rangers if they're going to be competitive. So, and they're playing at home. They got to win both those games. Yeah, yeah, and then and then they go to Pittsburgh, who you know is struggling. Not a great, not a great team right now. Yes, and, and they are having a really hard time scoring runs. And it doesn't matter where you play the Pittsburgh Pirates; you should be beating them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. agreed. So, you know, so maybe by this time next week, we're, you know, we're, we're singing, the, you know, the Giants praises again, and we can relax a little bit. But, uh, you know, losing one to 11 or 11 to one isn't uh, the way to it's still confidence going into the next week, but maybe playing teams that you should beat sometimes uh, makes things a little bit better. Well, my mustache has mellowed me out a little bit. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a little bad about going so hard on the guys. But you know, I mean, Cueto was coming off an injury, but, you know. At the same time, Logan Webb was batting in the fifth inning, and Darren Ruff was pitching in the ninth, and that can't happen. That's some BS. What the actual fishing rod? You know what I mean? Like, come on! Well, you know, and, you know, this is, I, I don't want to be the fan that always bashes Kepler, because he's done some some good things, established a great coaching staff, he's done some good stuff, but... Uh, but when he starts managing like he's he's playing a video game, it just uh, it, it becomes yes. a problem. Those were video game moves. 
That yeah. is true. That right? is true. Because you're like, hey, watch this. I can pinch hit with <laughs> with Logan my, Webb. My best pinch hitting. Yeah. My best hitting hit pitcher. Yeah. And you know, and then you know, even going back to that Colorado loss where they're you know they were up by four with two outs in the ninth and and they lose and you know and and replacing McGee with two outs in the ninth with Doval, you know, it was just like, oh, do we really want to do that? Like, yeah, I, I just, I you mean, know, you can't trust your closer to get one more out. Like, I, uh, it's just, yeah, no, he was definitely going for the righty lefty matchup. He was definitely doing the like, I'm gonna pull a lever because I can because that's my job. I, I, I make the changes, I make the moves, and I love to make my changes and I love to make my moves. And and I mean McGee was not good, right? He he was not good in that game. He was he you know he was struggling. He was in the midst of you know struggling. I think although at that point he had been off for like six days, if yeah. I remember correctly. Uh, but his last outing before that had not been good. So he wasn't sharp. That that is definitely true. But you know Camilo at that point in time was really having a hard time. I think mentally trusting his fastball because. You know, yeah. some the rock after the Rockies. Sorry, after the 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 the. It wasn't the Rockies game. I think it was. I can't remember what it was, but but some guys took him deep off of his fastball, which is probably not something that he's seen a lot of, and and he was shaking off the fastball quite a bit and going back to his slider, which he I think he feels like he has more control over, which is definitely true. His fastball seems to have this this kind of upward right hand hop to it sometimes. Uh, it seems to jump up and up into the right, and and it definitely looks like he doesn't know when that's going to happen uh, or or how to control that. Uh, so I do think he's not quite so confident about where that pitch is going. On the other hand, like when he's throwing his slider and his fastball, they both come out at the same position and they go straight down. But one dives down to the left and the other one hops up to the right. I mean, you got to use both of those tools because that combo is wicked. And and but anyway, well, he didn't, but, but, yeah, he didn't okay. trust. Well, my point is, he didn't trust his fastball, and we, the you know, Kruko and Kuiper knew it. Yeah. If those guys know it, then Kapler should have known it. And that is not the right moment to bring in a kid who is struggling mentally with trusting his best pitch into a high leverage game. Well, and then and then in the at bat against Blackman, I mean, you know, Blackman's late on like every fastball he throws. Casali should have been like, "No, I'm not letting yeah. you throw." No, uh, he should have run out there and said like, "No, you're going to throw the fastball. If they burn the fastball, it's on me, not on you." Right. Yeah. yeah and and I, so I feel like, you know, there was a lot of blame to go around. That game sucked, but I mean, uh, you know, like I mean, at the end of the day, like the only, I, I yeah, McGee was not great. You know, it wasn't the worst move, but I think I think they would have been better served leaving McGee in. And you know, I mean, it's it's a little bit of you know Monday Monday morning quarterbacking, but um, but at the same time, I would I think it would have been better a better choice. I questioned the choice as they were making it. I was like, why are you doing this? Why are you bringing the kid in to finish an inning? Like, I mean, like, do or I, I just felt like it was a do or die moment with McGee, right? Like, let him right. get one more batter. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know, you know. Um, well, I'm just well, a fan, so, you know. <laughs> what do I know? Uh, what I do know is they lost that game. That's what I know. That's right. Well, do you so. know the difference between a rat and a raccoon? <laughs> Or was it a possum? I, I, I don't know. I uh, think McNeil said at the end of the day it was a 
possum, but Lindor, Lindor was, was pretty damn certain it was a New York City rat. Yeah. And he hadn't seen one yet, and he's heard they're huge. And I have seen a well, New yeah, York City rat. I was going to say, you and I have lived in New York I City. I know, yeah, I we know. You've seen, seen, like, and they are big, but they're not raccoon big. No. <laughs> they're not they're, they're possum big. Maybe, maybe maybe they're possum yeah, big. Yeah, okay, that's true. It's, especially if you've never really seen a possum. Like, are there? Yeah, you might. I don't know where Lindor grew one. up, but I don't know if you've ever seen a possum. Well, it was McNeil, I, I oh, think, McNeil. that said it was a possum. Okay. I think that's his name, McNeil. Is the second baseman or the yeah. shortstop? I don't know. Second baseman. Know. Yeah, yeah. He's the second baseman for the the Mets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So those of you who don't know what we're talking about. Um, there was an exciting moment in the Mets game where uh, Lindor and McNeil, at the end of an inning, after having, I think, made like a, a play to end the inning. I don't know if it was a great play, but it was well, a play. There had been a, a mix-up between them as well that it resulted in, a, in an error on Lindor uh, right before okay. that inning, too. So right. that kind of okay. added a little bit to the drama that happened in the clubhouse. So. Right, I see. Okay, okay. Well, uh, they did have this exciting moment where they ran into the dugout, and then everybody else ran into the dugout to watch them because they went down the hallway. I did see the the intro clip to that moment, and Lindor looks down the hallway, and then looks back at McNeil and says something, and then runs off with this kind of like smile on his face. So this was not two guys who were angry at each other about to go have a fight. This was like one kid doing like, I forgot all about that thing that we were fighting about, but dude, there's a rat over there. We gotta go check it out. And then McNeil kind of like has this look on his face like, what? And he kind of looks down the hallway and then he gets the exact same look on his face and he just races down the hallway. And I guess I guess to the rest of the Mets team, that's probably a little disconcerting when you see your two middle infielders just race off down the hallway at, at great speed. So then the whole team rushes down there. Um, but I don't know, you know, it, 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 was it a rat? Was it a possum? Was it a raccoon? We'll never I, know. We'll never know. I, I, I think it was probably a rat. <laughs> well, I'm just, glad, I'm just glad that we don't talk about them because I don't want to come up with a, a cocktail. about you know. <laughs> The clubhouse rat? Yes. I, I don't know. That sounds like I, I might have to make one of those. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Oh, no, that's the mustache speaking. So this is what happens. This is what happens. This is what happens. I, I, I drink these. Co- if, if I can't have any more cocktails topped off with champagne. That's yep. it. Champagne will do it to you every time. Well, you know, I mean, it's topping it off with champagne. Like, just the champagne by itself, fine. Like, uh, but but topping it off with champagne, like we do on the French 75 or on this mustache, um, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering what we talked about this episode. We didn't talk about anything. No. Is this episode nine? We did, we said, <laughs> is that what this is? Uh, no, it's episode 10. I remember now. All right. Well, it sounds like we've kind of run out of things to talk about other than now we're talking about raccoons and rats. So maybe we should, uh, say adieu until next week, uh, but, you know, hopefully next week we'll come back and, and be celebrating a couple of series wins. And, uh, you know, in the meantime, I uh, want to thank people who have been listening to our podcast. If you like it, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, also, uh, rate and review. That would be great. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter. Positively. That's true. Yes. Positively. Say, yeah. If you're going to say crappy things, don't If you, don't if you don't like us, send us a tweet or something privately. Just slide into our DMs and say, I find you guys distasteful. But if you like us, tell the whole world. 
absolutely. Uh, and so you can find us on Twitter and on Instagram uh, at, at Giant Cocktails. You can also find me on Twitter at, at Sonoma Y Guy. And where can they find you, Ben? You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at Watch Ben Fail. And uh, it's very fun to watch him fail, so you should follow him. Uh, in the meantime, uh, he's shrugging. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was I was trying to say like it's it's more fun than watching the Giants fail, but that just that's a felt that just felt mean, <laughs> felt mean, you know. So, so I, I didn't say it, but now I said it. So, uh, well, I know. would concur. It is more fun. Uh, than today was a exactly. today was a hard game to watch. I'm I'm sorry. I you know it was a rough. I was it was not a good day. It's not a good day. Well, better days are ahead, I'm sure. So uh, we'll see you next week, and uh, hopefully we'll be in a better mood, and there won't be as many things bugging you. So until then, cheers, my friend. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye.